sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Hello to all our loyal followers. We are happy to have you with us. I'm Mark Crutcher, as you heard, and lurking across the table, as she always is, is Sarah Waits. Hello, everyone. So, Mark, we've had an interesting situation. We always have interesting situations. That's true. You know what? I can tell you this has been like no other working environment that I've ever dealt with. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing in life could have prepared me for this. No, that's right. That's right. But uh, we've had an interesting development where a whole bunch of pro-choicers on Instagram have grabbed onto one of our images, and it's just gotten them mad. I mean, it was even posted like a week ago, and they're still talking about it. In fact, one account is trying to get us reported for quote, quote, false information, which is not false information, but, you know, they just don't like the truth. Right. So anyway, we've been bombarded with pro-choice arguments on our posts, and they can't just do that post. Like, they have to start trolling, and so we've got a lot to deal with. And so the first one I wanted to introduce with is one that we hear a lot, which is this one person commented, what if the birth of the baby poses a threat to the person giving birth? Don't their lives matter too? What if there are chances that the mother can die while giving birth? Well, first off, there is no physical condition that plagues pregnant women that killing the baby is the cure for. Yeah. None of those exist. But let's just say that in some parallel universe, the um, life of the mother is threatened mm-hmm. by the pregnancy. And so I don't know how that would happen, but let's just say it. Most... OBGYNs that I've talked to say that that circumstance does not exist anymore. At one time it did, Mm -hmm. but with modern medicine it doesn't. But let's deal with that. In this case, they'll say, well, you're saying that the woman has to die if the pregnancy threatens her life. We're saying that's not true. Mm -hmm. The issue here is that if that situation were to arise, her physician or her medical team, whoever's treating her, should be allowed to do anything that's necessary Mm -hmm. to save her life. Yeah. But they should never intend to take the life of the child because that doesn't save her life. They should be required to do everything possible to save her life and the life of the baby. Mm -hmm. And the issue is not that the baby's rights are superior to the mother's. It's that they're equal. It's that they're equal. And you treat them as equals. You treat them as equals. Mm -hmm. If the baby or the mother, for that matter, if either one of them dies as a result of trying to save both of them, that's an unintended consequence. That's not what you intend to happen. And let's make sure people understand what the importance of intent is. In the law, you can have two different events with the same exact outcome. Yeah. And one be criminal and the other one not be. Yeah, exactly. For example, let's just say that a woman has a gun and she's cleaning her gun. Mm -hmm. And it goes off and kills her husband. Yeah. All right. Is she going to be charged with a homicide? Is she going to be charged with murder? It depends. Yeah. What was her intent? Mm Mm-hmm. If she was cleaning her gun and mm-hmm. it went off accidentally and killed her husband or a yeah. child or something or another person, that's different than if they were in a fight mm-hmm. and she shot him intentionally. Yeah. That's two totally different things. But from the standpoint of the person that shot, it is no different. Mm-hmm. He's the, still dead. Yeah. The outcome the, is still the same. The outcome was still the same in both circumstances. 
But one of them would have been a criminal matter, and one of them would not have been. Mm -hmm. Because what we look at there is what was the intent. Yeah. So if I'm driving down the street, and uh, I jump a curb, accidentally Mm -hmm. I drift off mentally or something, which I might do at my age, and I jump the curb and run over somebody. Am I going to be charged with the homicide of this person? It depends. Was Are it you, an accident? Was it an accident? Were you on drugs? Were you negligent in some way? Was I negligent in Were some way? Were you driving drowsy? Or can they prove in court that I had an argument with this person and I set out to kill him? Mm-hmm. In other words, my intent makes a difference. Homicide versus manslaughter. Right. But the person's still dead no matter what my intent was. So again, the salient issue here is what was the intent. And you can see this in a million different ways. I could give you a million different analogies here. So we Mm -hmm. recognize that the intent matters. Yeah, exactly. In the case of a woman who, like I said, it basically can't happen, but let's say it did, where the baby is going to cause her death. Mm -hmm. Again, it's the same thing. It's the intent. Yeah. And the pro-life position is you can never justify intentionally taking the life of the unborn child. It would be just as wrong to take the life, intentionally take the life of an unborn child to save the mother as it would be to take the life of the mother to save the baby. Their rights are equal. You make every attempt to save both of them. So what matters is, what did you intend to happen? Mm -hmm. Exactly. you should never create a situation in which you intentionally take one person's life to save the other one. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's not medicine. That's not healing. No. You can call it a lot of things. You can call it murder or whatever you want to call it, but it's not medicine, and it's not health care. You bring a good example up of conjoined twins. Right. And whenever they can, they'll try and separate conjoined twins. But imagine you had a set of conjoined twins and the doctor says, look, I can save one of you, but I can't save both of you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kill her over here, but you'll be alive. You'll be okay. Right. We wouldn't take the same view on that doctor saying that and making that decision. You can go into that situation Mm -hmm. knowing up front. That the, the chances, chances are that you, slim. The chances are slim that you can save both of them. And you're going to try to do everything to save both right. of them. But you would never find a doctor mm-hmm. who would look at conjoined twins and look at them and say, I'm going to intentionally kill this one in order to save this other one. Mm-hmm. That would never happen. That would be medically unethical to even consider such a thing. And that's a good example of it. That's, that's another example, too, of the issue of when these people say the baby is part of the mother, mm-hmm. right? You'll well, hear that a lot of times. Well, if I show you a picture of conjoined twins, would you say that's one person or two? Yeah, that's two people. That's two people. Mm-hmm. But they're far more alike biologically. Oh, yeah, than a mother and the child Than is. a mother and a child. They're always the same sex. They share a common blood type. Mm-hmm. They share common DNA. Sometimes they even have the same fingerprints. Mm-hmm. If they're both still conjoined, if one of them dies, they both die. Mm-hmm. None of that's true about a baby and the mother. Mm-hmm. And yet, the abortion industry wants you to think that the baby and the mother are one person. Yeah. As if when the mother's pregnant, you know, she has uh, four arms and four legs. And mm-hmm. if she's got a male baby, she's got a penis for nine months of her life. Yeah. You know, it's the most preposterous argument. Mm-hmm. Speaking of medical inaccuracies, that reminds me of another one that I see a lot, but I've been seeing a lot more in the last couple of days. And this is the comparison of the unborn baby to a parasite. This one person writes, if there's a living thing inside you, depending on your body for survival, that's a parasite. If I were to get pregnant now, I would consider it a parasite. I owe nothing the right to inhabit my body. One of our followers had some interactions with this person. And reading the exchange in it was kind of interesting. Um, First off, this is the side that claims to believe in science. Mm -hmm. And they're the biggest science deniers on the face of the planet. These people are pathological liars. This person knows nothing about biology. 
Mm-hmm. Parasites are never the same species. They're different species. And they do get their food and their survival from the host, but it's always at the expense of the host, right. meaning that it drains the health of the host. And can kill the host. And can kill the host. Right. That's not the case of the unborn. Right. The unborn child does not take nutrients from the mother to survive. It gets its nutrients from the mother to survive, but it doesn't take her nutrients mm-hmm. to survive. She can still survive. You know, basically what this person's saying, if you consider the baby a parasite, then every woman who's pregnant is going to die from the parasitic effect of this baby. Well, the Um, person they were talking to said, just because you consider something a parasite doesn't make it a parasite. It doesn't matter what you feel. Yeah, that's what she says. I would consider it a parasite. Well, that... It doesn't matter what you you would consider it. You can consider it a a unicorn. That doesn't mean that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. So obviously this person who makes this argument that the unborn mm-hmm. child is a parasite yeah. doesn't know what a parasite is. Well, and the pro-lifer they were talking to made this point, and this is a very good point. There's been studies that shown that pregnancy lowers the risk of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, endometrial cancer. NPR reports that there's a reduced risk of rheumatoid arthritis. Yep. And there's also been a number of studies showing that the unborn child sends fetal stem cells to the mother if she gets damaged organs and right. tries to repair those. So, I mean... Parasites how, don't do parasites that. Parasites don't do that. <laughs> right. This is not a parasitic relationship. This, this Parasitic relationship is only one way and is to the detriment of the host. Obviously, like I said, the woman who made this statement doesn't understand basic biology. And I'm going to bet you that she's come across this information before. But she now considers it a parasite. So she <laughs> considers that this information is not correct. Um, the hoops these people will jump through to try to justify killing the unborn is amazing. And this is a good example of the science denier. And I wish this person who did this, if they listen to this podcast, they probably won't. I'd like to invite her to come on and we'll treat her civilly, if not friendly. I'm nice. I'll be nice to her, <laughs> but I'm going to make her defend her position. That the unborn child's a parasite. They Look can't. At- Pro-choicers say that they love facts, statistics, and cold, hard logic, right? But yet, they use emotion, they use feeling, and yeah. substitute that for fact. Well, you can consider it a parasite if you want to, right? And then, <laughs> therefore, it becomes a parasite once you consider it one. Speaking of... Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I said it. Here's another one. As if the sperm donor and differentiating clump of cells get a say in the pregnancy abortion decision is what they're referring to. It's pro-choice because the only person affected is the mother who's going through the pregnancy. The fetus will never be a person. It will never have a life. It will never breathe for itself. It does not sustain life by itself. And the sperm donor could take a rocket into space, never to be seen again, and have no impact on the pregnancy. So no, actually... There is one person affected, and it's the woman that will not be forced to carry a child to term based on some ridiculous notion that you came up with based on religion. First off, our opposition <laughs> to abortion has nothing to do with religion. No. It's biology. We oppose abortion because it takes the life of a living human being. Yeah. It has nothing to do with religion. Exactly. There's some people who their pro-life viewpoints is supported by religion. But the reason why you'll see a number of pro-lifers not use that is because everybody has different religions. So you can't say, well, let's use religion to defend my viewpoint, but you don't need to. There's biology, science. Oh, an atheist has more reason to be pro-life than anybody. There's sociology points for defending life. Right. There's constitutional principles for defending life. This argument, let's see. Let's see if I've got this right now. Differentiating clump of cells. Differentiating, and I'll guarantee you, 
This nitwit doesn't even know what differentiating cannot global give you cells. a definition of differentiating. I'll <laughs> bet you. But the fetus will never be a person. So wow. what would it be if it's left alone? What would it be? Considering I was a fetus, I find this very offensive. I apparently I'll never be a person, never have a life, I'll never breathe for myself. If it's not alive, yeah. how does it get bigger? Nothing grows that's not alive. Right. You can't grow if you're not alive. <laughs> right. So how does the thing keep on getting bigger and bigger every month, every week, actually, during the pregnancy, if it's not alive? It says the sperm donor could take a rocket into space. I think this person <laughs> took a rocket from space. And that was my favorite part. They could take a rocket into space and never to be seen again. These people. Oh, goodness. You know, there's um, one of the ones you brought up to me. Um, mm-hmm. This person is claiming that the unborn child has no consciousness, mm, um, mm-hmm. and without consciousness, there is no thought. Without thought, there is no life, and life is essentially meaningless. A sentence in a fetus occurs well after 25 weeks. Correct? No, that's not correct. And besides, sentence and consciousness and thought mm-hmm. do not create human life. You can be a living human being and not have any of those. You mm-hmm. can be in a coma. Mm-hmm. You can be under general anesthesia. You could be passed out because you're drunk. You're still you, human. You're still a human <laughs> being. So if somebody doesn't have sentence, yeah. and if you read uh, Stedman's Medical Encyclopedia and see what sentence is, that just means they're aware of their surroundings. Yeah. Basically. I mean, it's a little more complex than that. But basically, it's they're aware of their surroundings. Well, when you're asleep, you are not aware of your surroundings. No. When you're in general anesthesia, you're not aware of your surroundings. So does that mean if we come upon somebody who's in general anesthesia, we can murder them? Because they weren't sentient. Mm-hmm. They weren't conscious. A perfect example of all this. I had to have my impacted wisdom teeth removed. I'm right. sure the audience is just dying to hear this. But I had to have four impacted wisdom teeth removed surgically. So my mom insisted on coming to stay with me to help me recover. And so she took me to the appointment and she came back there after they said that they were finished with me. And I'm standing there and she has to go deal with the car and she'll come back in to escort me out. And when she comes back, I'm standing there with a toothbrush and, you know, the little giddy bag that they give you. Yeah. And she's like, where did you get all that? And I just looked at it and I was like, whoa, it's magic. <laughs> Technically, I was not aware of my surroundings or else I would have remembered have known. that, that yeah. some human being put it in my hands and it was not magic. Again, these are these gymnastics mm-hmm. these people have to go through. Yeah. To suggest that the unborn child is not sentient yeah. and not alive, not growing, not getting bigger, can't breathe. You know, if all this is true about the unborn child, what is the need for abortion? It's just a inert form of some sort. Well, and they go on to say we do not value the potentiality of life as much as we do life itself. For example, if I were to throw a rock at an empty parking space, I would not suffer any consequences because there is no car. But if I were to throw a rock at an occupied parking space, I would have to pay for the damages. Why is this? Because the car is either there or it isn't. Exactly. The unborn child is is there. there. If they're not there, where the devil are they? If they're not there, there's no need for the abortion. And if they're not there, what is it you see on a sonogram? Mm -hmm. That has a heartbeat that moves around. Moves around and jumps around in the uterus. If they're not there, where are they? Mm -hmm. No one takes a pregnancy test and says, hmm, I wonder if I'm going to be pregnant with anything other than a human child. Ooh, I wonder what it could be. Maybe it's a puppy. Right. Maybe it's a, <laughs> a spider. Or Maybe a, I'm getting a puppy. Or a camel. Maybe I'm giving birth to a camel. I hope I do it yeah. quick so he's not very big. But, but the point of this show that we're trying to make here 
is that all these hoops these people are jumping through, the basic thing it requires is a denial of science. Yeah. These are the biggest science deniers on the face of the planet. These are the same people who would cast aspersions at people who question global warming. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a science denier. Or would question any number of things that are key projects for the left. Yeah. They'll say you're denying science. If you don't want to wear a mask, you're denying science. If you don't believe in climate change, you're denying science. Nobody is a bigger denier of science than Mm -hmm. these people. And these are good examples of it. Yeah. Perfect examples of it. You hear a lot how people will try to argue in the case for abortion because of any hardship or abuse or something that the child might encounter. And this person says, you are forgetting the abuse and neglect a child can go through. Women could want an abortion due to abusive relationships, mental health, poverty, and many other things. Is it really that horrible to want to give women a chance to prevent a kid from being beaten every day, dealing with, I'm guessing is what they meant, emotionally distant parents that will abuse them verbally and emotionally, growing up knowing that they weren't wanted? Well, first off, you could apply that all to any born child. Yeah. Well, what they're saying is that as opposed to a born child going through this, that they should just go ahead and have them aborted. Okay, but killed. wait a minute. You're speculating that this is going to happen to this unborn child. Exactly. And it may or may not. But let's just take the horrible situation they might describe that an unborn child might go through. Mm-hmm. So we're going to execute that child in order to keep that child from going through that. Yeah. Why don't we pick up the children who are already going through it? If we're going to say that we're going to execute living human beings in order to keep them from facing potential abuse, Mm -hmm. why not execute living human beings who are being abused? We don't have to speculate that they might one day be abused. They're being abused right now. Yeah. But if that's going to be your yardstick, you can make that yardstick apply to a born child. So a three-year-old child that's living in a very abusive situation, why don't we pick that child up and euthanize them? The interesting thing with that is that the pro-choice side would be like, well, you can't. That's awful. That's horrible. That's not a solution. And yet they keep pushing abortion as a solution for this. And this person even goes on and says, I know many people who are abused and mistreated by the foster care system. I know that some people would have been better off dead. And have even said that that themselves. This is the mindset that you get into when you take the pro-choice mindset. This is what you get into. And You know, like I said a moment ago, this monstrous idea Mm -hmm. that we would say, go get a three-year-old that's being abused and euthanize them to keep them from suffering this abuse, you know, continuing on in their life. That's a monstrous idea. But it's no more monstrous than what these people are saying. Well, and the sad thing is, I've debated with a number of pro-choice people, and maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't be surprised how many of them have so little value for their own lives. Yeah. I was talking to this one person, I said... You know, if your mom wanted to abort you, you'd be completely okay with that. You don't feel like your life has any value. And she said, no. She said, I would have understood. I was like, well, then you are obviously a lot better person than I am because I wouldn't have had that kind of. You know, I have said it for years and I've I've even caught flack for it from um, pro-lifers. Being pro-choice is a mental defect. There is something wrong with these people. If somebody came to you and says, I believe my life has no value and you know, I don't want to be alive. You don't celebrate that. You get them therapy because that person is at risk for committing suicide. We recognize that one over here, one situation over here is mental illness, but we don't have it for these pro-choicers who say, I don't believe that life has any value, even mine. Right. 
But that's not really the point, though. They can't say that about someone else. They'd have no right to say that person has no I know. right to life. But I'm saying they don't even value their own lives. Well, and I wonder how many of these people, they said, this person here saying, I know some people would have been better off dead and have even said that themselves. Where are these people? Like you say, wouldn't we get this person help? We if wouldn't, so, we wouldn't kill them. Yeah, if someone said that they felt like they were better off dead, I would get that person help because right. we everybody knows that that's not true. You're not better off dead. And it reminds me of another little pro-choice zinger that was posted. This one person commented on a post, I'd rather send my baby without sin to heaven than let it come to this corrupt earth, to be honest. You that know? person is screwed up. And that's what I'm telling you. This pro-choice, anti-science viewpoint to be held by someone, that person has to have mental problems. Yeah. There's a screw that's loose somewhere. There's a wire that's not hooked up. I would hate to live the life these people are living. Yeah. If this is my outlook on things. And... Before we go, I just wanted to give this another little one-liner that a pro-choicer commented. It says, at Life Dynamics, do you have a uterus? Well, first off, Life Dynamics is a nonprofit organization. It, Organiza- doesn't, have any, or it doesn't have anything. It doesn't have it any sex parts. comprised of people. <laughs> right. Now, three-fourths of Life Dynamics have uteruses. Right, right. Right. At Rashid Safa, 2008, I have a uterus. Mark doesn't. <laughs> no, I don't have one. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that. But... I've never understood. The pro-choice community has this obsession on reproductive organs. Right, exactly. I mean, how many people, if you were to say that young girls are being kidnapped off the street and taken into sex slavery, and someone's like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Before I know your opinion on sex slavery, do you have a uterus? Right. What's your qualification? Are you uterine? What's your qualification? Are you vaginally qualified? It's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like I said, these people are sick. And that's another example. Before of it. I started working here, I've never had so many people ask me about if I had a uterus or not. Right. <laughs> so interested in your lady parts. <laughs> it is so strange. Anyway, that's all the time we have. You got anything else? The only thing I have to say is if you like the podcast, be sure to leave a review. And also make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We're on a whole bunch of them, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. The list goes on. Yep. Be sure and listen and And get all your friends to listen. Yep. And if you have a suggestion for a show, we'd love to hear it. You just go to lifedynamics.com forward slash podcast. There is a form on the page where you can submit your comments and questions. And we love to hear from you. Sure would. Until next Thursday, remember, Life Dynamics is not here to put up a good fight. Mm -mm, We're here to win. Because winning is how the killing stops. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys.